is KGMI Connects with Joe Tian, a live local show about our community and you on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Well, hello, hello. It's great to have you with us here on this Thursday afternoon. It's our Open Lines, Open Ideas program. We hope to hear from you. 360-676-5464 is the phone number. And the state Supreme Court today hearing arguments on the new capital gains tax here in Washington. Is it an income tax? That is the question before the court. And some interesting points. I sat and watched it. Uh, the You can find it on TVW uh, the uh, on, online. And it's about an hour, a little over an hour, the discussion, but very interesting, I found. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna arguing against the tax. But uh, it doesn't seem that onerous. I mean, it's a 20, you know, 7% tax on profits, over $250,000 on the sale of things like stocks and bonds and stuff like that. And I know the concern is always that, okay, you impose that tax and then you're going to start taxing me. That's not always the case, but I I, I understand the concern there. Uh, But uh, let's see, we got, um, uh, oh, Ed, a report out of uh, King County finds that uh, they estimate $8 billion just in upfront capital investment to house uh, those who are Homeless, unsheltered homeless people in uh, in King County. So that's Seattle and other communities in that county. And uh, then another $3.5 billion every year just to operate the whole system. That's a little daunting. Uh, Governor Inslee has uh, proposed spending $4 billion statewide on, uh, in, in rebuild of, for building housing for the homeless or those who are unsheltered. $8 billion just in uh, King County alone. So, yeah, these are expensive problems. But what's on your mind here on KGMI Connects? We hope to hear from you. Once again, our number, 360-676. And Brian in Birch Bay gets us rolling. Hi, Brian. Uh, hello. Yeah, if I could make three quick comments, and then you can uh, sure. comment on them, maybe. Oh, or... Yeah, sure. go ahead. Okay, well, as far as uh, Ukraine goes, uh, don't you wish we had the $85 billion that we left behind in Afghanistan? Uh, uh, my deal about with, with how we left Afghanistan is, is the way we did and what was left. Could America be considered a state sponsor of terrorism? Point two, during the Vietnam War, your news services would give you a weekly count with names and pictures of the servicemen killed. Now, why don't these same news services give you the names and pictures of the weekly fentanyl deaths? And remember this, 58,000 people died in Vietnam, but that was from 63 to 75. You've got 100,000 fentanyl deaths a year in this country. Point number three. With the southern border, Hillary's unprotected server, and Biden's misplaced classified papers, I get the idea that with the left, national security isn't job one. Uh, okay, now your comment part. Okay, well, um, well, the, the the issue of the of the reports on war casualties versus um, fentanyl, I, I I get what you're saying, and these are they're both tragedies, and they're they're awful tolls. 
Um, they're kind of different situations. I think in uh, when someone uh, dies from, say, a, a you know a, a, an obituary, um, uh, an opioid overdose, um, it's really up to the surviving families whether or not they want to publicize. And some have. I've, I've interviewed or interviewed rather uh, parents who have lost children, uh, young adult children to. Uh, the, you know, fentanyl. Um, so that's that's an awful thing. But I, I think they're they're kind of two different things uh, as far as um, what would be reported. Uh, I think the, the the classified document thing. I don't know if that's um, an issue that's one party's deal or not. In fact, I just saw I just saw an article just before I went on the air back in 1984. And this is on King Five's website. But back in 1984, and I had not seen this story before. A schoolgirl showed up in Pittsburgh with a bunch of classified papers <laughs> that her father had found in a, a hotel room and had kept as souvenirs. She brought it uh, to school as a show-and-tell project back in 1984. <laughs> so I, I don't know this. how far back does this go. I think they ought to just make everybody who's gone through the White House, so, you know, who's still alive, just go through their stuff and find these things. It probably know. goes back as far as that senator that couldn't cross a bridge when he come to it. Uh, could be. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, good to hear from you. Thanks for your call. All right. Take care. Uh, All right. Let's go to uh, our, Let's go to Bruce in Bellingham. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Joe. Yeah, I just want to make two comments. One, uh, I heard on your news at the hour on CBS, uh, there was a short news bite uh, of Biden saying that if the MAGA Republicans submit any bills to him, they will be automatically vetoed. Okay. And I just thought that was quite a statement from a unifier. Uh, I guess he's finally changed his mind and his true colors shine through. And my second comment is on the capital gains tax. I think it's illegal, and I think it just is not fair. Uh, you know, these people may have a lot, or they don't may, they do. Uh-huh. But uh, maybe we don't know the circumstances. Maybe they worked really hard for it. Yeah. Okay. I and I understand that and I I I don't want to make wealthy people poor. Um that makes me think back. I are you familiar with Monty Python? The comedy uh, well, the the British that, comedy that's group. It's been a while ago, but uh, I remember they had a uh, skit. Yeah, it's been a while, quite a while, quite a number of decades, but I remember they had a skit where uh, there was a Robin Hood like character who would rob from the rich and then give to the poor. And he kept robbing the rich and the same rich people over and over and over until they were poor. And then the poor people had all this stuff that they <laughs> didn't know what to do with, you know. That uh, so, uh, I mean, that's we we don't want to go to that extreme. But okay. Well, I I you know I just think that government is getting they they are taking more overreach all the time. They're, they're getting involved in, like, housing. They're getting involved in housing that they have no no reason to, to be there. If they want to give tax breaks to contractors or investment companies to promote housing, that's one thing. But for government to make the investment, 
I think that's totally wrong. And I think that capital gains tax is wrong and unconstitutional anyway. All right. Okay, Bruce, thanks for your call. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Rich in Ferndale. Hi, Rich. How's it going, Joe? Doing well. Doing well. Were you saying billion or million? I was listening billion. to the radio. With a little yeah, bit. Billion, billion with a B. Eight billion. So how many, do we have numbers on how many homeless there are in Washington State? 10,000 or 15,000 or something? I don't right offhand, uh, but... Well, that'd be um, something to look up because yeah. $4 billion into, let's say, 15,000 people. What is that? A couple hundred thousand bucks a piece? I mean, it's got to be. Uh, you could well, buy it, them a house for that well, kind of money. So there's so much waste in there. But see, that's what that's what I think the focus is on is is building housing. I know that's what Governor Inslee has uh, wants to but spend four Joe, billion dollars on is to build housing. Be, it should be screamingly obvious that is that is financially unsustainable. If that starts happening, you're going to have the homeless population grow and grow and grow. If people know that if they look poor and whatever homeless, they'll get a free house, they will do it because that's the path of least resistance and human nature. That is the most insane, stupid thing we could ever do is start giving out free houses to people who can't get their crap together. What we need to do is fight the war on drugs and get these people in the right mindset first. But we won't do that. We have no will to do that at all. Uh, well, let's see. Now, I'm just looking here. Uh, the goal uh, centerpiece of this plan. Now, this is a plan, and talking about this King County, this new report, uh, King County Regional Homeless Author- Homelessness Authority, and this is that the plan where they found it cost eight billion dollars, uh, focused on building twenty three thousand five hundred eighty eight new units of temporary housing, and that's that's the idea with like this the tiny housing. So I got, things a, I got and, another question for you based okay. on these houses. Okay. What happens when one burns down or needs repair? Who pays for that? Well, probably taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So do you see how it's even if it's paid for, it still costs money going ahead. Like you have to sure, pay. But I guess it, keep on your own. That, that's insane. We can't but, do that. That is it, uncivilized. But it comes to the point of well, then, but then uh, the other the alternative is that we'll have these people, thousands of people, still living on Joe, the streets. The alternative is they got to get their life together. The only but one that can help d- them is them. But how do you do that? How, how do you, you make do that happen? Life, Joe, detox. The vast majority of these people are drug addicts. That is a scientific numbers fact. So you fix that problem, and then homelessness will partially fix itself because they'll have a brain screwed on their head instead of out shooting drugs in a tent in 35-degree weather. But see, so how do you, but if they're living in a tent, how do you force detox and, and, and maintaining sobriety on someone who it's, is in that living situation. I mean, that's you know what, how, Joe, that's you know what, how easy that is. That's so easy. The police want to do it every day and are not allowed. You arrest them. You send them to a detox facility. If they get clean and get bad again, then you put them in jail. This is what civilized living is it's called enforcing laws that we've had for decades this is and the, okay, the whole so thing so you're but, now, but but I think you have to so, think I think you have to think further on this Rich, though, because all the way past you're, so you're, you're going think, but but you're you're telling police officers to go to someone and you know to not like yes, they have it. now let, let me just let me just let me just say this yes. Rich okay so someone's in a tent they go to the tent and they just assume that person is high on some sort of substance they take that person then to a detox center <laughs> I mean, nope, you're saying the police officer all. then nope, has to nope, make nope, that nope. call. What if they find a person nope. who is completely sober nope. but is living in a tent? Then what do nope. they do? 
You I have mean, to break the, a law the, first. Job, you break a law first. Most of these people are loitering in public places. That's but, breaking the law. We yeah, have codes but, for this. But you don't take someone who's living who's who has nothing else, no place else to go, no place else to live, That's who's correct. living in a if tent illegally. Oh, you're right. Do you take them to jail? No, you're right, Joe. If they're not bothering anybody and they're not a problem, you leave them be. But that never – that's not the case. They always become a problem. But Like the thing on Deemer Road. You've read the stories, right? The city is suing the property owner. Right. Who it is not – it's not this guy's fault, but he's getting sued over these homeless people that are destroying his property, and they're going to stick it to him. That is so wrong. It is not his fault, but they're making it his fault like he allowed it to happen. So the city's well, attempting to – you don't want the Ain't city to take responsibility, but you don't want this guy to take responsibility for it. I, I, I don't know. Well, it's, well it's I think, see, what, yeah. what we're finding here is how difficult this problem is to solve. Not, if we have all the laws we need, it is not difficult. When all someone right. breaks the law, you hold them to the consequences. This is so basic. Okay, Half but, of this would be gone already if we enforced the laws we have. This is so simple. But someone and, just living in a tent, I mean, that's not uh, something you throw somebody in jail for. And we don't have the jail space jail, for that. I mean, uh, we don't not have— the point. Uh, okay. Not the right, point. Right, living, right. living in a tent is only a symptom of the bigger problem. Okay. These people who break the law tend to live in tents. It's not because they live in tents. That's just part of it. Okay. When they're stealing, when someone steals— and they get put in the police car for two hours. They do paperwork released. That is wrong. We have a breakdown. We don't have a jail that system. can house that number of Joe, people. We don't. The fault. That's right. That is the fault of the government. They collect I don't hundreds know. of millions so, of dollars of tax. So we spend, uh, spend hundreds of millions of dollars on new jail, but we don't spend it on housing for people that don't have it. No, I guess that's what it. you're saying. We make No, Joe, you so uh, don't well, get it. You fix the people. I, you have... Mental okay. hospitals and chemical detox, or you okay. prevent the drugs from coming into America in the first place. But we have zero will to fight the war on drugs. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, it just comes over the border. Oh, all well. right. Well, okay, okay, Rich. I, I, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I want to. I think we've gone, we've gone deep enough into this, but I, I don't know that the the war on drugs. We've been battling it for decades. I don't. Have, well, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more. We want to hear from you. Three six zero six seven six five four six four. Back in two minutes. What does the first quarter of 2023 hold for investors? Edward Jones has you covered. I'm Michael Danino, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor. We answer that question and more in our new quarterly market outlook report. Reserve your copy today. Call me at 360-647-5761. That's 360-647-5761. Or check it out for yourself. Visit edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Life is a series of moments. Big moments, small moments, moments you want to bottle up so they can last forever. At Edward Jones, we want you to make the most of all of them. Whether you're planning for a trip of a lifetime, retirement, or just need some everyday advice along the way. That's why an Edward Jones financial advisor like me works with you to build a personalized strategy for today and tomorrow. Life is for living. Let's partner through all of it. I'm Edward Jones financial advisor, Michael Danino. Call me at 360-647-5761. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Hi, I'm Lorraine from Lorraine's Window Coverings. We offer our clients the best of both worlds, a store full of the latest affordable Graber products, including remote control options. And then we come to you with just the right samples and our professional installers do the rest. We're a family-owned and operated business that's been serving our community for over 25 years. We always strive to go above and beyond to make sure our customers are as happy as this recent reviewer. 
We had a wonderful experience. Our consultant came to our house, took measurements, and made recommendations based on our needs. Once approved, we were given a timeline, which was spot on. Installation was scheduled, and the installers arrived on time and worked efficiently. The price was reasonable, and the outcome was even better than we expected. Need window treatments? Check out Lorraine's window coverings online, and then just call. 738-8175. Call Lorraine for your new blind. Lorraine's Window Coverings in Bakerview Square. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Joining us here on this Thursday, love to hear from you. Let's go to Robert in Bellingham. Hi, Robert. Hello. Um, I was going to talk about the school thing that I got thinking about the housing situation, too. I, I think that we ought to invest in more affordable housing, at least. Because a lot of people at work, you know, they can't afford the rents have gotten so high, and there's a shortage of housing. And you know, they, you yeah. know, it doesn't mean free housing; it means maybe just affordable. having affordable rent. Right. Well, and I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine not long ago, and he said that you know what we should be doing is encouraging because you know we always hear okay make it make it easier for developers and and to to build houses and that and i understand that we do need more homes if you talk to any realtor we need more homes that's what's part of a big part of what's driving up prices and the competition for the few homes that go on sale but but if if you just leave it up to builders they're going to and and i understand why they're going to build homes that bring them a profit and those are bigger homes it's like car makers they What's what's selling now? Okay, big RVs, uh, big SUVs. Okay, that's what we're going to build. We're not going to build little compact cars that are more efficient. We're going to build the big ones that are selling and we get a big profit on. And so that makes sense. But what we should do is somehow mandate that we build, he said, cheap, crappy housing. I don't think we want crappy housing, but but housing that's not fancy that and and that is – but that is affordable for people that uh, starter homes or stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. I I live in a studio apartment. I'm a single person and that's fine for me. may not be fine for everyone, but I think we need to, it's nice to at least have a place to live. And I am in subsidized housing because they don't build that many studio apartments. And, you know, my rent is still, uh, you know, it's a 40% of my income or around that. They, uh-huh. they do the math on it. And there's somewhat of a subsidy. But for me, it's probably not a huge amount because I have a fairly lower middle class income. So it's it's based on a sliding scale for me. Okay. So that means I can still live in Bellingham. I'm not priced out. Yeah. But I think a lot of things could... You know, one of the problems is uh, talking about deregulation. A lot of people are hanging on to single-family zoning, and they are trying to get away from that more and more. And I think that's a good idea because as the population keeps growing due to immigration and various things, um, we we need more, you know, density. And you know, then transit works better because people are so dependent on automobiles when you have the sprawl you get 
you know, all the space that's used for parking and all of that. If you have more density, buses, walkable neighborhoods, a mix of apartments and single-family homes and, and businesses, and you know, a little bit denser, we we don't plan right either. And, uh-huh. you know, I think that okay. with the drugs, a lot of it's a vicious cycle because uh, people, if they're, if they can't, get a good life for themselves sometimes they get mad and go off the deep end sometimes <laughs> yeah I, okay i hear you all right well thanks robert Appreciate all, right. Your thoughts. all right let's go to lou in linden hi lou uh, hi joe um thanks for taking my call you bet um t- tomorrow is uh international holocaust remembrance day uh, that's the day that's set aside to remember that uh, the 6 million Jewish people and 11 million other people who died as a result of uh, World War II persecution from the uh, Nazis, the Germans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it, it's, the outcome is reason for optimism and hope. So I wanted to explain to you why that is. Um, after that horrible tragedy... Uh, a persecution uh, that gave the world the opportunity to, to re- give rebirth to the nation of Israel. Israel had not been a nation for 2,000 years, and now Israel is a very prosperous, successful nation with a high standard of living, and they're doing a lot of good for the world. And Germany and Japan had every one of their major cities burned to the ground in World War II. But we see today that Germ- both Germany and Japan have now had the longest period of peace and prosperity in their modern history. So these facts gives hope for the future because, according to the Bible, the world will be judged one more time by fire. Then we will have a thousand years of peace and prosperity. So your listeners who have not yet Given their lives to God, given their lives to the Jewish Messiah, I would recommend them to do that when they have the opportunity to pray, and they will also be able to see the vision for the future that God has. It's a great future of peace and prosperity for 1,000 years in the millennium that is guided by the Jewish Messiah. So I would hope your listeners would take time to do that. And read the Bible for themselves, study for themselves. All right. Okay, Lou. Thanks for your call. uh, All right. uh, Let's, um, real quick, before we take a break, Jim in Bellingham has been holding on. Hi, Jim. Hi, Joe. How are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. You wanted to talk about taxes? Well, sort of. One thing I'd like to mention is that labor, according to Michael Frenchy and probably any other sane person, labor is the only thing that creates wealth. Uh. Uh, capital is known as dead labor in him. You know, you can create a machine that can do some work for you, but it has to be created by someone. That's labor doing it. Uh, but yet we live in a capitalist society where if you have enough money, you can make uh, significant amounts of money on dividends, which is money that you, you don't really earn. It's just siphoned off of the workers who work for eight hours and get paid for three or four, and then they have to pay the CEO and all that. So I'm anti-capitalist, although I don't know if uh, that's uh, selling too well. I have found out uh, from YouTube videos, Michael Parenti and things like that, 
that uh, as long as you don't call it socialism, people like it, like Social Security and Medicare. And you, if you call it socialism, there's kind of a bugaboo uh, about that. Yeah. Except for uh, I did learn, too, that uh, of World War One. now Michael Freddy says that at ni- in 1900, we were essentially a third world country. We had no services, no nothing operating at all. The uh, Federal Reserve hadn't been created yet. Uh, but he also pointed out just before World War One, there was 175 socialist um, officials, like uh, in public office, and that was just in the state of Oklahoma. So that's how far we've deteriorated since that time. Although some would say the inventions and the science that has helped us with a lot of things has compensated for that, but. Uh, I also don't like stingy people worried about, you know, they're all worried about the homeless. And uh, I, it, the economy just isn't doing very well, as I think. I'll quote a, a, an a, a Argentinian general many years ago who said that the economy is doing fine. It's just that the people aren't. And so it goes beyond homeless. But uh, it's really cruel of people to expect everyone to have the same situation. If you just work hard, you can get ahead, which is pretty much bunk in my words. There's so many so many people that work hard every day and they, they end up getting farther behind because they uh, the prices go up and, and so forth and so on. So Well, that's true. Uh, I mean, I people are, experience all different things in their lives and uh, some are um, overtaken by... Um, whether it's drugs, whether it's other, other addictions or uh, obsessions, that's um, it. Yeah, there's no easy path to prosperity or even to uh, uh, just a, a decent day-to-day life. But um, you do have to work at it, and there are those that yes. uh, that could try harder. I think, but um, I I'm not one to judge. I guess, but uh, yeah. Well, that, there's, there's right. a lot of uh, right, a lot of different. Thanks for having me on. I'll you talk bet. to you next time. You bet. All right. Bye. Thanks for your call. Uh, we got other folks on the line. We'll hear from Stephanie, Michelle, Kirk, and you, hopefully, here on KGY Connects. Back in a moment. Are you looking for health insurance? Is 2023 the year you finally retire? Maybe you are unable to make a change to your plan during the annual enrollment period. Hi, this is Marcia Neal at Vibrant USA. Special enrollment periods may allow you to still make a change to your insurance plan for 2023. Whether you have questions about Medicare or individual health plans, the friendly agents at Vibrant USA can help. Give us a call, 866-733-5111 and put us to work for you. When you make Spring Creek by Bonaventure your home, you're not only getting the retirement of your dreams, the simplified lifestyle you deserve, and a spacious suite, you become part of our community. At Spring Creek by Bonaventure, new neighbors become best friends. Book a tour at retirementperfected.com or call us at 360-746-2432 and discover what it means to live life on your terms. Come in today and learn how we can save you thousands. Once again, that's retirementperfected.com. It's time for your annual checkup. Get into Bellingham Automotive today for their signature bumper-to-bumper inspection service. Why do you need a bumper-to-bumper inspection? Because being proactive about the maintenance of your car will save you time, money, and hassles. It doesn't matter how old or new your car is. It's important to ensure that your car is in optimal operational condition. So Bellingham Automotive put together a 99-point checklist. This signature bumper-to-bumper service inspection includes inspection of steering and suspension components, brakes, 
all fluids, transmission condition, battery inspection, tire pressure inspection, and more. It even includes a lube, oil change, and filter service. No one wants to be stuck on the side of the road when it's cold and wet because of an engine failure. Be sure to schedule your signature bumper-to-bumper inspection today. You can call or schedule online. Find Bellingham Automotive online at bellinghamautomotive.com. That's Bellingham Automotive, delivering exceptional automotive service for over 25 years. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday, and we go to Anna Cordes and Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, how are you? Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Hey, I was going to call you yesterday. Somebody was asking about what happened with migrants and when they come into a community from history, and it would be interesting to talk to someone. And what I'm finding as I get older is a lot of us, we really don't know our history. And probably one reason that is, is right now, I don't know if you remember from the 60s when we had the peace movement and then it was derailed by a violent group of people throwing Molotov cocktails, bombing the Pentagon, the Naval War College, the Capitol, the Weathermen Weather Underground. Do you remember them from history? Mm Mm-hmm. So that was Bill Ayers and his wife, Bernadine Dorn. And they are, if you look at their Wikipedia, they say they're communists, they push cultural Marxism, but they've actually been working with the school unions, the NEA and the AFE, uh, to reimagine education. I had a friend who's a teacher, and I was surprised to hear that you had an actual communist and a domestic terrorist working with the teachers' unions, but he's been, quote, reimagining education. So that's where part of this is coming from. But kids are graduating, and when I was in school, we learned about things like cash flow. We learned about nutrition. Uh, we learned about interest rates, and I don't think they're teaching the kids that much. But there's a good example of what happened with too many migrants uh, in a book called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire by Gibbons. And they not only had a bunch of migration from other cultures that were different than the Roman culture, but you also had a devaluation of currency there, instead of printing money like a drunken sailor like we're doing now, uh, which also happened in Weimar Germany and the Weimar Republic, uh, they would, you know, take the gold coins and shave them lighter and lighter, decreasing the worth of the metal. I don't know if you remember from Weimar Republic in school, and again, we didn't learn much about it, uh, they would print money, and by the time you were at work, the price of bread would have doubled. So as we are having reckless, out-of-control spending from D.C., people think it's great. But history shows that's not true. What it does is devalue your currency. And so a dollar will soon be worth a penny. And we can see that in a lot of the South American countries that have tried to print their way into prosperity. And instead, you end up with people you know, taking well, their devalued currency, right. you know, and they'll burn it for heat. Well, what I know what, what, what you have to remember is that we 
we have uh, our treasury doesn't just simply print money to pay for programs. If it did, it would create the problem exactly that you say that uh, we would see. And there are countries that have done that and have their their currency has become basically worthless. So people have to take a wheelbarrow full of gro- of money to the grocery store to buy bread and milk. But that's not what's happening here. What what our country does is we turn around, we borrow the money to pay the debt that we've incurred. We don't print more money to pay that debt because that would do exactly what you're saying. But we do borrow right. the money, and so then right. we but have the— borrowing, then, Right, right. But uh, we don't borrow it from a national bank. We're borrowing from the Federal Reserve, which is not federal. It's the private banks that we, the government, are paying interest to. And every president that tried to go back to a national bank, because it's kind of dumb to pay interest to yourself, was assassinated, whether it was JFK who talked about getting rid of the Federal Reserve or Abraham Lincoln. And actually, the only one who wasn't assassinated was Andrew Jackson. They did shoot him, but they didn't manage to kill him. Boy. So, well, well, but the Federal Reserve is, it, it's its not exactly, I mean, it. That, I don't know that we could get rid of it. The Federal Reserve is, it is, it's kind of like, as I understand it, it's kind of like a slush fund. It's like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They they yeah, they they, they help they, yeah. they they help to support a system they that ultimately to, yeah. can can become a house of cards and they uh, what it what it has done is it has stolen the wealth of the nation and there's a website I don't remember if it's called truthcontrol.org or truthcontrol.com but it's called the idiot's guide to the federal reserve which is a terrible okay. name nobody's going to go say I'm an idiot And it has a lot of pictures, and it will explain the whole thing. But when you read it, and I think they have a YouTube cartoon you can watch, too, you'll find that when they established the Federal Reserve, you'll see the loss in the purchasing power of the dollar in America. And we've gone from where a hardware store worker can support a wife at home. Now, people, of course, didn't use credit cards to live beyond their means, uh, but now we've gone to where you have two incomes trying to support something. All right. Okay. Or, uh, let me give you another example. Well, real too. quick, Stephanie, because uh, I got other folks on the line. I want to. Yeah, yeah. But but I appreciate your I appreciate your thoughts and, uh, and. Another yeah, another example of migrants though would be in Latvia and in Estonia and the other border states when you had communist Russia. They moved the ethnic Russians. I have friends who are Latvian, Estonian, who came to America to flee. Okay. the effects of communism, and they moved them into Latvia and Estonia, onto the farms, and eventually they would take over their farms. But let's imagine America as an ecosystem, or Bellingham as an ecosystem of Whatcom. When a country moves in a bunch of migrants, whether it's for sanctuary or saying no human is illegal, that city or county has less money to spend on homeless veterans. They have less money to spend on the mentally ill or the drug addicted or even on senior citizens, because now we have to take money from our government pot and we have to use it to spend on new people, whereas an old person would die and a young person would buy their home or an old person retired but, and a young but person the, got their But job. you're making the assumption, though, that those people would simply live off the government rather than being productive members of our economy. So, I mean, you have I to take that into consideration. 70, but Yeah, I think okay. they say 75% of people who come over as migrants through the asylum seek them end up staying 
on some sort of government program. I, I, well, I'll have to look up for that. Uh, I, that seems like a very high percentage. But, Stephanie, I appreciate your call and call back. But I've got other folks on the line been hanging on, so I want to give them an opportunity because we're running a little short on time. Let's go to Michelle in Bellingham. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Uh, turns out we were both right yesterday. Um, I, I Funny how that online. happens, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, just just say she's right and he's right, and <laughs> you know, we'll go from there. <laughs> Sounds anyway, good. Anyway, the the point is that um, Todd Myers. I looked at his blog. Uh, it's two days old as of today. Todd Myers is the director of the Center for the Environment of the Washington Policy Center. Probably the most informed person in the state for topics like this. And I looked up Todd's blog, and what he's got is. Um, uh, he says that uh, Washington State, uh, since the year started, uh, and Inslee's uh, cap and tax, uh, cap uh, carbon tax on gas has has uh, you know went into effect. Although the real effects won't be felt until the auctions toward the end of February. But anyway, um, that's what he says. But. He said that we have had a 25 cent increase statewide on the average at gas stations since then. Well, the AAA, uh, he quoted the AAA as saying we've had a 17 cents increase. And also, I looked up AAA, and they say that Colorado has had um, the biggest increase, which is also 25 cents. So. Somewhere along the line, I mean, I'm not worried about a penny or two in this uh, this discussion we're having, but somewhere along the line, uh, you know, we're both probably correct about the highest increase in January nationwide. But there's one other point real quick. Um, is Seattle uh, City Attorney Ann Davison, who's not a bad person by any means, much better than the previous, uh, you know, uh, woke monster that occupied that office. Um, Seattle, uh, I mean, Ann, Ann has uh, decided to sue Hyundai and Kia for having the most cars stolen by a oh, three to five hundred percent, depending on the stats you look at, and the increase in stolen cars in Washington State went. Uh, it was up fifty percent to forty-five thousand cars in 2022 over the all-time record, and that's primarily because without the police per able to pursue stolen cars, the police cannot pursue a car that even if they see that it has the stolen plate, unless there's a violent crime being committed by the driver of that car. Right, and so. So therefore, you know, criminals know that it's very easy to steal cars now, and Hyundai's and Kia's are the easiest cars to steal because of the lack of chips and and uh, theft prevention devices. Uh -huh. You know, I have a Prius and and it has all kinds of theft prevention devices, and there's a reason I bought that Prius. But anyway, I bought it because you know I know how dangerous our state has become, and I didn't want my car to be stolen if I could help it. But okay, I, all right. You know, anyway, the other thing, the last thing I was going to say about this is that uh, nowhere. In any of this, in the lawsuit, in the commentaries on the lawsuit, I'm a, I, as you know, I'm huge on personal responsibility, personal accountability. I've lived my whole life that way over 70 years. I've always been responsible and accountable. And when I make a mistake, when I, when I'm, when I'm accountable, okay. I'm accountable. Blah blah blah. Well, the, nowhere is any there any reference to the people who are stealing these cars. And the, this is what we have to go after, the criminals. And the idea of suing 
car manufacturers over actions taken by criminals, the least we could do is, you know, reverse this ridiculous police pursuit law, which they're trying to do in both the House and the Senate this month. The least we could do is to uh, have personal accountability for the thieves. Okay. And and that'll be it for today. Thanks. And I I, want to let you go. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. I've got to take a quick break. We got to the folks and we'll get right to them and to you here in just a moment on KGMI Connects. If you've been hurt in the job, your brain is swimming with questions and worries. And if you're on meds, especially if it's an opioid, making important life decisions, wow, that's real life scary. I've been a doctor for 24 years and I've helped patients who broke away from opioids get back to an active, healthy life without prescription drugs. Our chiropractors at Natural Way do what all doctors strive to do, put our patients' bodies in the best possible position for recovery. Recent studies prove spine-related injured workers who begin their recovery process with chiropractic heal faster with longer-lasting results and at natural way even cheaper. You deserve the very best treatment and you have the legal right to choose your doctor. Give us a call. You'll get a free consultation. If we can help, we'll show you how. If not, we'll refer you to someone that can. Natural Way Chiropractic. Give us a call. It's a new year and a new you. Turbocharge your fresh start with a share of $200,000 in cash and prizes. Join the fun and win your share every Friday in January with hourly drawings starting at 6 p.m. Use your brief rewards card all month long to earn entries while you play. Visit daily for a free bonus entry. Your membership also unlocks fuel discounts of up to 25 cents off every gallon of gas at Lummy Bay Market. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. At Silver Reef Casino Resort, we've got that. Escape the hustle and bustle of the city and get ready for a fun and relaxation-filled getaway. Luxury hotel rooms? Yep. Championship golf? Mm-hmm. Top-rated casino with all the best slots and table games? Yes and yes. World-class dining at the region's best and Wine Spectator award-winning steakhouse? Yes, please. The total package is only missing one thing. You. Silver Reef Casino Resort, located off I-5, exit 260. We've got that. DeWard and Bodie's annual Red Tag Mattress Sale is on now with markdowns up to 50% off on Whatcom County's best selection of mattresses from the industry's leading brands. Visit the Bellingham Mattress Showroom on Meridian next to Home Depot to get exclusive in-store savings on the largest in-stock selection of mattresses from Tempur-Pedic, Sealy, and Stearns and & Foster. Shop this weekend for exclusive in-store coupons like an extra $100 off in-stock mattress purchases. Plus, get free delivery setup and haul away of your old mattress with purchase of qualifying mattress. Sets. Now through Sunday, combine these offers with no interest special financing for 24 months on qualifying purchases. Now is your chance to get special red tag savings on closeout mattresses, floor models, and clearance deals up to 50% off. Save on adjustable bases, boxes, sheets, pillows, and more, all on sale. Don't miss the red tag mattress sale with clearance markdowns, free delivery, and special financing at DeWard and Bodie's Mattress Showroom in Bellingham and online at DeWardandBodie.com. Financing OAC qualifications apply. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Joining us, and let's go right back to phones. Kirk in Bellingham has been holding on. Hi, Kirk. Good day, brother. Yeah, um, I I swear, like, every few months, you guys come up with a subject about the homeless, and it just gets me wound up. Usually it's... uh, Meathead John in Ferndale, but today it's Rich. 
And we've been over this. We've had this talk many times. I used to be on the street, and substance abuse was not ever an issue. And for you, uh, for you, uh, are you saying? And and a lot of friends of mine, okay, that were in the same position. We just um, we hit hard times, lost uh, our jobs, and you know it's like things work out the way they work out. But um, this profiling thing just irritates me to no end. Everybody on the street is not a drug addict. In fact, back in November, I upgraded my license. All right, I went through the hell and back with all this testing, but the State Department of Health in Washington here, I just upgraded my license. Um, I'm a clandestine drug lab decontamination supervisor now, and it wasn't cheap, I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. But the thing is, I'm no drug addict. I'm the guy that comes in and decontaminates. And it's not just homeless camps. The vast majority of the decontamination I do are in residential neighborhoods, whether it be Ferndale or Everson or in Bellingham. It's people with homes that are either cooking it or smoking it. Okay. You know, and it's like, I just I just think it's not cool to lump all the homeless into one group. There are many, many bad apples out there. But the thing is, for the ones like myself in the past, that it was just a bad set of circumstances. Okay. You know, didn't, you know, sit on our butts, actually got up and did something. And... You know, I just I, I, I hate when it, you get the blowhard as they call in. All right. Well, and I'm I'm a little short on time, but I'd like to talk with you more about how or get to get your take on some of these programs that are discussed and some that are being put in into action as to what would be effective in dealing with this issue. I think someone who's been there and has experienced homelessness and been on the streets and and been around other folks who are in that same situation would have a pretty good idea rather than um, any any of us who haven't had that experience uh, to uh, help uh, come with uh, come up with uh, solutions because there's more than one. Thanks, Kirk. I appreciate your call and uh, and and your thoughts. Definitely. Let's go to John down at Big Lake. Hey, John. Hey there, Joe. Uh, I, I'd love to talk about the origin of this so-called homeless or houseless problem. When I was 20, I was told that I would be working in the New York office. Big change from Skagit Valley. And one of my first lessons, I was sitting on a bench eating a hot dog. And a big Irish cop, six foot three, walked over to a lady, picked up her bag of popcorn, pointed to the sign, don't feed the birds, and threw it in the trash can right there. You know, where was this problem 20 years ago? We are feeding the pigeons. And Como TV had an interview with a lady. Well, we get everything here. We get food. We get everything we need, food stamps. And we can just be high all day. 
Now, this is different than your immediately previous caller. He worked to get something done. But 20, 25 years ago, this problem was not here, but the government is feeding the pigeons, and they keep coming back, and they come from all over. It, it is time to turn off the spout. Tell these people, go paddle your own boat. We don't need these people around here. We don't need them in Seattle and Bellingham. And, well, I, northern Washington State is a little more uh, discouraging, if you will, to these idiots that think they can just park and pitch a tent and, and everything is fine. It's not fine. It is destructive to our society. Okay, but... They need to have the faucet turned off. They're not going to starve. They'll go to work. They'll figure out a way to survive. But the big problem is they are not going to do that until the government stops feeding them. All right, John. Well, I okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll... <laughs> See where I, I I guess though they'd still be there. They would still be in that situation, and um, and those that are ill from from whatever reason would still be have have that illness and um, still not be able to function. Um, and at what point do we say, well, we're a compassionate society? We're not. I, um, but uh, appreciate your thoughts, John. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Tim in Everson. Hi, Tim. Hey, Joe, I, first of all, I'd like to give a shout-out to Stephanie. I, I liked her call. Okay. Second of all, I'm going to bark back at Jim the Socialist, who right. says, just work hard and you'll get ahead. That doesn't work. Well, let me tell you. My house burned down. The insurance was a scam. I literally ended up with nothing, but I think I got a voucher from, uh, it might have been Salvation Army for a three-night hotel stay. Uh -huh. this, was, uh, this was decades ago, okay? Uh, I lived in my truck for probably three to four months. Okay. And thank God, thank God, I was not self-employed at that time because I had a good job and I went to work every day and I worked hard and I built myself back. So if Jim says, Jim the socialist says, you're not going to get anywhere by working hard, I'm going to tell him different because I worked hard and I kept my nose to the grindstone. And yeah, even living in my truck, for three months, I fell a little bit into uh, not drug addiction, but I was drinking too much whiskey. Uh, but I worked hard. I kept my nose to the grindstone. And I think if people can just put themselves in the right mental state and say, okay, here we go. Got to do it all over again. All you're right. going to get somewhere, Joe. All right. Well, so it's hard to argue I, with I that totally too, because I, I and I, 
uh, that's I've gone to work every day, and I've taken pride in that, and I think uh, most people do, and it gives us a sense of purpose in our lives, and it's more than just earning a paycheck, but that's uh, a big part of it as well, and being and having that pride and be able to earn your way through through life, and uh, it's unfortunate that there are some who have lost that. Appreciate your call, Tim. I'm out of time, but a lot of interesting calls today, very much so, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, more of your thoughts on these issues and much more here on KGMI Connects.